This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my co-host Gina Warfel with us. Welcome, Gina. Hey, everybody. Okay, so we did a podcast with Dr. Ben Bickman, and he is this like mega mind on insulin and blood glucose. And he spoke about the biochemistry on what happens in the body when we eat too much sugar. And he explains how we get sick from like hormone dysfunction to gaining weight to inflammation to to all kinds of things. It was brilliant. But a lot of our listeners had a little bit of like a deer in the headlights uh, feel about the podcast because it was very technical. And so what Gina and I want to do, we're, we're doing this kind of like bonus episode because we want to talk about the mechanism of what glucose does and what insulin does and, and how, how it works in the body, because we understand there's all of these buzzwords, right? And so we're going to like explain to you what these buzzwords are and what they do in your body. And so maybe what you can do once you listen to this like quick bonus episode is you can go back and listen to Dr. Bickman and, and then really retain the information that he's talking about. And because you'll understand what mechanisms he is describing don't you think, Gina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should start with step one all the way of where do we get what, like what is glucose? Some right. people are like, what is a source of glucose, glucose when you're saying and and how does it go through the body? So right. I, I think it'll be really helpful to break down if you're feeling a little bit lost on like, what is glucose? I, I hear all of, I, I get you. It's yes. scary. It's going <laughs> to do all these things to my health, but what is it? Because I, I still get questions a lot on like, what is a carbohydrate? What is glucose? What is a protein? So sometimes we need to go back. Yep. So this is like nutrition 101. So let's, let's go to like fats and carbs and proteins. So when talking about blood glucose, we're mainly talking about carbohydrates, right? And carbohydrates, they are broken into, I mean, they can be multiple molecules of carbs, but the, their technical term of the monosaccharides, they're these like one like molecule that builds onto other molecules. And so the most simple form of carbs are these monosaccharides. And you have fructose, glucose, and is the third one galactose or is it maltose? It's maltose. I think, <laughs> I think it's maltose. I, I also think that that's not too yeah, important. Here. It's not. Don't, don't worry about too it. Too lost in. No. Like I, I want you guys to know like that carbs are these like they're these sugar molecules. All right. And the most important sugar molecule of those three is the glucose, all right? And so when we're eating carby foods, because remember fats are, you know, fats like avocados and olive oil and coconut, like, like that doesn't have any glucose in it. It has no sugar in it. It's just fat. Same thing with protein. They are just amino acids. So your body interacts with fats and carbs and proteins very differently. So with this podcast that we were doing, we were mainly talking about carbohydrates. And carbohydrates are like breads, grains, pastries, sugars, like walk into a bakery and it's just a carbohydrate factory, right? Like it's just sugar, sugar, sugar everywhere. So go ahead. I also want to touch on too, that like we do see those as like the carbohydrate factory, but it's also important to, to know that things like even the healthier ones, yes. like your quinoa or your brown rice mm-hmm. or Oats. fruits are a ton of carbohydrates. And mm-hmm. so where I do see some people go wrong is that they're like, but it's, it's natural sugar. I can eat plenty of dates or I can eat, you know, plenty of a huge bowl of grapes that are, you know, things like that. And they're not really realizing that they are still getting those same carbohydrates. Yes. They're still really sugary. So there's also something that's really important to understand because 
If you're eating, let's say a very sugary meal, let's say you went to a, a pastry store and you got like a muffin with icing on it, lots of sugar, not much fiber, right? So you and one going ate all the sugar. And so with this influx of sugar hitting your bloodstream, because you digest it and it goes into the bloodstream and it can't stay in the, like sugar cannot hang out in the bloodstream in high doses for long because it creates a lot of inflammation and a lot of organ damage. All right. So what the body does is you have this organ called the pancreas and the pancreas will produce insulin. And I always like to think of insulin as in, like it takes the, the sugar from the bloodstream and puts it in the cell. So insulin. So the, the pancreas will make all of this insulin. And because you had this influx of sugar hitting your bloodstream really fast, it wasn't, it wasn't slow timed at all. Like this was like super fast because like there was no fiber slowing down how it was like dripping into your bloodstream, right? Mm-hmm. I think drip is a weird word, but sorry. But that's the only one that came, that, that's the only one that came to my mind. So we have this influx. We don't have any fiber to slow down the influx of sugar hitting your bloodstream. So now the body is like, oh, we need to make a influx of insulin. So insulin and sugar in the bloodstream will almost like correlate perfectly together. So if you have a spike in sugar hitting your bloodstream, you're going to have a spike in insulin. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, remember when Dr. Bigman said insulin, it doesn't just have one job. It influences every single cell in the body. So now you had this unnatural spike of sugar hitting your bloodstream. And now you have this unnatural spike of insulin hitting your body, trying to get all of that sugar into your cell. But it's not just going to direct like the fat cells and the muscle cells. It's also going to hit like sex organs, sex cells, hormones, neural tissue. Like it's hitting everywhere. Insulin is one of those molecules that affects every single cell in your body, not just one or two or 10. And so now we have this influx of blood glucose. We have this influx of insulin affecting your body in, in mass. And now we've created an imbalance, right? Now, go ahead. Yeah. And I just want to say before we get too far, just to kind of recap, I hope that this all makes sense is that you eat the carbohydrates, they get digested and broken down from a carbohydrate. They're all kind of linked together like a pearl necklace, right? And then they get broken down and each pearl is like glucose. So if you're, if you're getting lost on like, how do we go from carbohydrates to glucose to insulin, Mm. just as a little recap, but you could think of like a full carbohydrate, like you eat a piece of bread, think of that as like the pearl necklace all together. And then you digest it. And then each little pearl is like a little molecule of glucose. Yes. When you eat a lot of carbohydrates, you know, they get flooded in the bloodstream really fast. Mm -hmm. When you eat a little bit of carbohydrates or the ones that digest slower with fiber, They go in like one at a time, a lot slower. And then from there, it hops on with insulin where insulin brings it inside of your cells. So this is a little recap before we keep moving on. Thank you for like making that super simple. And so what is the difference between like carbohydrates that are like loaded with fiber and carbohydrates that are just sugar, right? Well, Mm. when you think about rice and you think about oats and some fruits, they have some fiber in there. So when you're eating let's say X amount of those carbohydrates that the fiber is slowly releasing it into the bloodstream. And it's not just like, bam, and it's like in there, right? So when we have this like slow release, like the slow time capsule, then your body slowly releases insulin as well. But when you don't have that fiber to slow it down, then you have this influx, boom, and it hits hard and the body's hit hard with all of these molecules and these chemicals. 
And then as high as it goes with the influx of insulin and the influx of sugar, you have just as heavy of a drop. All right. You have this spike in insulin and you have this drop in insulin. You have the spike in blood glucose and you have this drop in blood glucose. And when we use the term blood glucose, we're just talking about all the sugar that you've now absorbed that is in your bloodstream. That's what blood glucose is. And we're trying to get that glucose in the blood, the blood glucose to exit the blood and enter the cells. So now we've had this spike in insulin and blood glucose, and you're going to have this drop really soon. And that's going to make you very tired. That's going to make you feel sluggish. That's going to make you feel lethargic. Mm -hmm. And you're going to want to have another hit. And that's where we get cravings from. Because I'm so glad that you brought that up. And if you ever think about if you've had a big bowl of popcorn Mm -hmm. and you just literally you can't stop eating it. Yes. Or you have some something that is very carby. You know, some people are like, oh, well, I eat skinny pop popcorn. It's like, can you eat those two cups? And a lot of the time it's those those carbs that put you on that insulin roller coaster where that sugar dumps into your bloodstream mm-hmm. and then insulin is scrambling to get it out of your bloodstream and then you feel the drop and then you want more of it. I love mm-hmm. that you brought up the craving aspect because so many people are eating foods that they think are very light yeah. and they're like, oh, well, it's only popcorn, but it puts you on that insulin roller coaster and giving yep. you those cravings. I love you brought that exactly. up. Exactly. So um, I don't know if we're going to release this video or not, but I hope people can like see my hand if, if you want to, we might upload this video to YouTube, but if you have an insulin spike, it's, it's like a mountain, boom, up, and then it's like it falls just as hard down as it did going up. When we have fiber with that or when we add like fat to that, mm-hmm. you have these light rolling hills. It's way more stable. It's less moody, all right? Like think of someone yeah. who goes from hot to cold really fast versus someone who is like okay to just talk things out nice and calmly. We want the and nice and calm all the time. And this is such a common, huge misconception, huge misconception because Just yesterday, I was getting on a plane and I was with somebody who had said, the recommendation I got from a personal trainer was that if you only eat carbs alone, if you don't eat them with fats and proteins, that is the way to really like lose weight and be the healthiest. You'll just get shredded. And I'm thinking like, wow, eat carbs alone. So he said, I'm going to eat all of these dried mangoes alone (laughs) and I'm going to have my my fats and my proteins separate. And as long as I keep them separate, that's how I'll keep my body healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's actually the opposite of the concept. So when you eat those dried mangoes alone, you're just going to be dumping Dumping. sugar because it digests so fast. Mm -hmm. So because that sugar alone digests so fast, it's just dumping sugar into your bloodstream and putting your body on that roller coaster mm-hmm. versus having some fats and some proteins with it that's going to slow down that influx of carbs because it just digests a lot slower. Yep. So you get those more rolling hills versus the big up and down. Flight. Yes. Well, and unfortunately, the standard American diet is the it's the mountains. It's the up and the down and the up and the down. And that's why we're so sick because we have this up, down, up, down of blood of sugar and blood glucose and the up, down, up, down of insulin. And that is how we get hangry, actually. Like when, when people say we're hangry, it's because you're in the down and you need yep. that spike super fast. You didn't have fiber yes. to stabilize your, your or satiate you for a long period of time. And so when you eat fiber, like I've had so many people that come and visit me for a few days and I feed them and they're like, I can't believe I was so satiated and I ate such little food. And like, I, and I've had people like express to me, they're like, I'm actually scared to come and stay with you because I was scared of, I was going to be hungry all the time. And I wasn't like, and you wouldn't have food that I wanted. But actually when I ate your meals, like I was satiated and I ate less and I was happier. And I, like, I've had a type one diabetic, one of my friends come and visit me and it was the most stable her blood sugar ever was. She had one of those like consistent blood yep. glucose monitors and we I've could actually that. track it. We could track it. And it so- was so beautiful. 
Using a continuous blood glucose monitor mm-hmm. right now, I, it's just starting to be available yeah. to the public for anyone. Normally, it's only for diabetics. And so I was able to do a test run with kind of a, a new biohacking company. They're called Levels. They're, they're starting CGMs for, for just everybody beyond diabetics. Mm-hmm. It was the most eye-opening biohacking thing I've ever done in my life. Amazing. I was so shocked. Yeah. So shocked at how easy eating a small amount of carbohydrates really elevated my blood sugar and how what a huge impact things like protein, fiber, fat really does to help keep it stable and what a huge impact it has both ways. So Mm -hmm. like how stress releases sugar into your bloodstream. I mean, we're getting kind of further now, maybe off track, but how stress raises blood sugar and then also how blood sugar raises stress hormones. Yes. So in the, in the gutsy health membership, when we talk about correcting your adrenals, people think like, Oh, adaptogens. If I just do ashwagandha, that's going to bring down my cortisol. But if you're not keeping that blood sugar stable, every time that sugar goes into your bloodstream, that spike actually releases and dumps more cortisol out. And you can't fix adrenal problems until you get your blood sugar stable. A hundred percent. Another thing I saw this because Tristan wore a continuous blood glucose monitor. Another thing that spiked his uh, blood sugar was lack of sleep. And so, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so there's a study that that mice will get diabetes if they don't get enough sleep. I can't remember if it's, I can't remember how long it is, but if you deprive mice of sleep, they'll get diabetes every time. Yeah. Because of that stress. And then Dr. Rickman mentioned that too. Maybe he did. Yeah. I can't remember. He brought that up. But you guys, like there were a lot of questions people were asking because there are some, I'm going to put you in air quotes, biohackers out there that are recommending tons of maple syrup and tons of fruit. And you know, like they're not like super fans of vegetables for some reason. I have no clue why. And so women were asking questions confused, but so-and-so said like maple is fine and honey is fine. And, you know, and, and like we can go, and this is why we're actually tired. So what we're talking about, these continuous blood glucose monitors, if you are curious, test yourself. Don't guess, test. Get a blood glucose monitor, a continuous blood glucose monitor, and check it's and see what your body... Right I know now. it is. I, I think if you have access to it, right. 100% right. jump on that and do it. I do know that right now, because people are going to be saying, how do I get one? How do right. I get one? And basically what it does is it measures your glucose around the clock. You, mm-hmm. you actually... It's like this tiny little implant. It's like it it binds onto your skin and it's constantly measuring your blood sugar and you can connect it to your phone to read it. Um, And I know, so a lot of people are going to be saying, how do I get one? How do I get one? And I think that right now it's not as easy to access yet. I'll tell you how I got mine. that I went through. (laughs) Tell everyone the company that you went through and I'll, I'll tell people how I kind of weaseled my way in with my doctor. (laughs) Yeah, if you can, that's great. So Mm -hmm. as far as this is what maybe there's more, maybe there is easier access that I just don't know about. As far as I know, I think I thought through a doctor, you still had to have a prescription. Yeah, you do. If you have like high blood sugar. And then the company that I use, they're called Levels, but they're doing like beta testing. And so they have like, I want to say they had like hundreds of thousands of people on their list and they had a huge waiting list. And wow. So it was very difficult to access. We were kind of launching a program alongside it. So anyways, I don't know if there's maybe other companies that you can access mm-hmm. it through. That would be interesting. Well, how did you get it? So I have a really great, and maybe this will work for some of you that have a great relationship with your doctor, Dr. Sanders. He's been on my podcast a lot, but he's kind of like a self-pay membership doctor. But if you have like a holistic doctor that you go to and you're like Mm -hmm. cash pay, unfortunately, it's a lot of doctors that are cash pay that are not 
you know, being held responsible by insurances, they can kind of just make recommendations based off of, you know, what they see and protocol, not just protocol uh, created by insurances. But I spoke with Dr. Sanders and I said, can I get a blood glucose, a continuous blood glucose monitor? And he was like, why? What for? You don't have diabetes. (laughs) I'm like, I know, but I'm doing some biohacking and I want to do some experimenting on my health and uh, my sleep. And I want to see what my body is doing and I want to see it live. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, you keep me posted. And so he wrote me a prescription. But again, I have to pay cash for the blood glucose monitor, right? I did so, too. I did this. Well. Right. So, so that's the only nuance. Like your insurance is not going to cover it. If you have a really great relationship with a doctor, it doesn't hurt to ask. And maybe like some people that have like PCOS or insulin sensitivity or, you know, anything, you can kind of like take it to your doctor as I suspect I have metabolic syndrome. I would really like to see what my body is doing because, um, and you can say something like, I've been working with you for months and I'm still not losing weight. I want to see what my body is doing. And then they might say, okay, let me write this prescription for you, but you will have to pay cash. And it's like a few hundred bucks. So maybe what we could do just to clarify, coming back around to like, what is glucose? How does it work? I'm thinking what we could do is break down here. What are like your worst sources of glucose yes. that we really want mm-hmm. you to just very sparingly, minimally save it for the special occasion yeah. down to like, okay, sources, yes. to some good sources, like, and how do we really get yeah. to that optimal blood glucose? Right. So sugar, like table sugar, like any kind of pastries, icings, cakes, cookies, fruit juices that has tons mm-hmm. of sugar. Soda has tons of sugar. Even the healthy sources, you guys, and I, and I hate to say this, but like coconut sugar, maple syrup, honey, yep. even though they are nature made, they still have tons of sugar, no fiber to like stabilize that blood glucose and that sugar yep. from dripping into your stream. They have minerals and that's what makes them healthier because they're giving mm-hmm. your body minerals and your body needs minerals. However, they are still spiking your, your blood glucose, which will in turn cause an insulin spike. So please be and mindful I- of that. And one thing I want to add to that list, maybe this is one step better from the, this would be like one step better, I think, from like the pastries and all that, but is check your protein bars. Yes. So many people are doing protein bars. And I just want to put this into perspective. A lot of protein bars are around 20, 25 grams of sugar. That's a lot. Your, your standard Snickers bar is 25 grams of sugar. Yes. And so that's, yes, you might be getting some added protein, but you're like, it's a protein bar. It says healthy. It says fuel my muscles. It says all no. these things. Or, or some people are like, well, what about like a cliff bar? Can mm-hmm. I have that as a snack? And it's like, well, the guy mm-hmm. on the front is climbing a mountain. Right. <laughs> Do you need that sugar or are you hanging out at your desk or you're just midday working exactly. and you want to grab something that's like the fuel to be able right. to climb a mountain? Rather get some like beef jerky that doesn't have sugar in it, you know, like a beef stick or a turkey stick, you know, because that's straight up meat and a little bit of fat with no sugar, hopefully added. But yes, like those protein bars. Also, you guys, um, we need to be mindful of kombuchas. I love kombucha, but I call it the the health person soda because you can pick up a kombucha bottle and it has about 16 to 20 grams of sugar per bottle. Now let's, let's put this into perspective because, and I put this in my stories, so this might be repeat for a lot of people, but the average adult should get about 20 to 24 to 26 grams of sugar. Some people say 30 and that's added sugar. All right. Per day. So if you're drinking a kombucha and it's got 16 grams of sugar, you have 10 grams left. You got more than half of your daily, like added sugar intake in one drink. 
All right. So please be mindful of that. Healthy snacks, like just be careful. They all have sugar. Like these oatmeal bars will have like 10 to 20 grams of sugar. So we spoke about the pastries being like worst case scenario. This is like, okay, medium, like we're getting a little bit better, but still be mindful. Let's talk about fruit really fast because not all fruit is created equal. I always say berries, you know, they have a less, like a lower glycemic index. You know, they're going to stabilize your blood sugar a little bit more. Pineapple, mango, grapes, you mentioned, those are a little bit more sugary and like they, they add up super fast. A lot of people talk about watermelon and how it's like technically zero calories. No, watermelon still has a ton of sugar in, you know, so we need to be mindful of our portions when Mm -hmm. it comes to fruit. Now, the beautiful thing about fruit is it does have its own built-in defense mechanisms. It has vitamins and minerals and it has antioxidants that do the damage control that the sugar and the fructose do in the body. But if your body is inflamed, if you have a hard time putting on weight, if your liver is overtaxed, and I actually explained this in the Getsy Health Zoom call this week, it's like, if you have the liver of an 80-year-old versus the liver of a 20-year-old, the 20-year-old liver is going to handle the fruit beautifully and you're not going to put on weight. If you have the liver of an 80-year-old, you've got fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. You have liver enzymes through the wazoo because you've been eating the standard American diet or you drink a lot of alcohol or whatever. You are not going to handle all that sugar as well because you have that 80-year-old liver, right? And we need to like circle this back to insulin. So if you have like insulin resistance, let's talk about, do you think we're ready to move on to like insulin resistance and stuff? Or should we talk about? I think so. So I think we've got it. (laughs) Okay, good. You know, well, we still need to talk about, well, let's talk about grains and stuff because grains, they have a little bit more fiber, you know, so that's like, so we went from worst, medium and better is grains. Now, remember, they're still carby. They're still going to break down into sugars. So you want to be mindful, but they will stabilize you a little bit longer. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're, we're not talking about like white processed flours. We're talking about like oats and quinoa and rice, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. these whole grains. And so that would be better, but best is vegetables mm-hmm. because they have tons of fiber in they're low carb. And so they're going to be super duper stable. All right. So let's go through that again. Pastries and icings and cakes, your worst. Let's talk about snack bars and fruit juices and sodas is Mm -hmm. the next worst. Then we've got fruit and grains, which are better. And then our best is vegetables. All right. Bingo. So love it. And before we move on there, just a strategy to make those better, like we had talked about, is not only just eating, being mindful of your portion with those carbs, but think about pairing them with like a with Mm -hmm. a fat and a protein, and that's going to slow your digestion of them. So let's say you want to have some fruit in the morning. Could you have some fruit with um, like a Greek yogurt? Like instead of a huge Mm -hmm. bowl of fruit, could you have a little bit of fruit or or some nuts and seeds Mm -hmm. with some nuts and seeds or or eggs, avocado? Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because even the yogurt that now this is for people that have like severe insulin resistance, even yogurt, because it's from milk, it still has some lactose in there, which yeah, it still has carbohydrate in there. Greek yogurt has less, I think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Greek, but of course checking your labels because they're all so different, Right. but just thinking in that mindset of like, how can I, you know, maybe cut back a little bit on just the carbs alone and Mm -hmm. work in a fat and a protein. Exactly. So when you're looking at labels, you need to look at sugar first, carbohydrates second. 
So if it has like zero sugars, but it's got like 60 carbs, that's still going to break down into sugar and it's still going to do something like you're still going to need a lot of insulin to break that down. All right. Mm -hmm. Versus a protein or a fat that needs zero insulin. Also taking a look at like the sugar versus the fiber. So another mm-hmm. question yes. I got is, Perfect. you know, when I'm looking like, do, does it really matter if I'm having these dried mangoes? And so when I looked at like the dried mangoes, one serving was 25 grams of sugar and two grams of fiber. And right. that, that's not a very good ratio. No. But if it was like so, 25 grams of sugar and 20 grams of fiber, great ratio. Well, 25 grams of total carbohydrate, Sorry, total but I think car- you still mm-hmm. don't want... 25 grams of sugar by itself would still be kind of a lot, right? Right, right. right. Like total, total carbohydrates. I know that might be confusing, but like total carbohydrates, that includes sugar, fiber. So we want more of those total carbohydrates to be fiber than the sugar. Exactly. Now that makes sense. Can you explain that to everyone one more time? Because total carbs includes carbs and it includes sugar and it includes fiber, right? Yep. What do people need to do? Because let's say we have a food that is 30 grams, right? And let's say it's 10 grams fiber, 10 grams sugar, uh, 10 grams carbs. What does that mean for someone? Do we take that total and we subtract the 10 grams of fiber and we have 20? Yeah. So if you were really watching, right, if you really were monitoring, basically fiber, very minimal fiber actually gets digestion, digested and added to like the total calories. The purpose of fiber is to feed your gut bacteria. We don't really get nutrients and vitamins out of it. We don't really get much calories. We harvest very minimal calories and carbohydrates from it. So the more fiber you get, the more it's going to slow down the absorption of the other sugar and the more it's going to feed your good gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. So when we look at those, we have the total carbohydrates includes everything, the sugar, the fiber, and there are other carbohydrates that would be like your starch. I think your starches are, I think are included Mm -hmm. in there. Your like sugar alcohols are included under total carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. I think just different types of carbohydrates. So you have like the total. And then if you have like 30 grams of total carbs, and then you have 10 grams of fiber. If you subtracted it, you would get 20 grams of carbs. You don't have to really get caught up in all this math. You're like, wait, now I have to do math problems. Basically just know that the more fiber you have, the less carbs your body's actually absorbing because it doesn't, it's a part of the total carbs, but it doesn't actually get digested and absorbed. Does perfect. that make sense? Yes. Or does that, that, just, that makes perfect sense. Makes more confusing. No, yeah. I, so you don't have to, you don't have to do math to understand. You don't have to add and subtract and you know, don't start doing long division here. And, and you're, there's some people that like those details. Like there's some people out there that like sure. those details. So I just wanted to like throw that out for the people that want to go deep into the nitty gritty. So, okay. yeah. So for the people who want to go deep, you take the total carbs you subtract the, the fiber, fiber and that's how many carbs are going to get absorbed into your body. Mm-hmm. And that's the amount of insulin we're going to need. Not like 20 grams of insulin, but if we have like, if you right, take that 30 it. grams and you minus the 10 fiber, you don't need insulin for fiber. You only need it for right. the other carbs that are going to be metabolized. Let me give another example. Let's say you're eating a food and it has like 50 grams of total carbs, but 25 of that is fiber. So then it's only really 25 grams of carbs. So it's not that bad because you're not utilizing a lot of insulin to navigate all of that carbohydrates, all those carbs that are going to be absorbed and well broken down into glucose. Because yeah, so if you had that same 50 grams of total carbs, but it was only two grams, grams of fiber, yes. you're going to get all of those carbs, you know, you're going to get 48 grams, grams dumping grams. into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So fiber makes a huge difference. Pay attention to it. So when yes. you're looking at things like your bars, 
you know, does it have 25 grams of sugar and one gram of fiber yeah. or does Not it maybe bar. have seven grams of sugar and, you know, nine grams of fiber? Like exactly. that's a more ideal ratio. Exactly. So you guys, hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. So let's start talking about insulin resistance. Let's say you have been eating because I, I mentioned in my stories as well that the average American eats between 90 to 130 grams of sugar a day. So that's four plus times more right? Four times more than what we should be eating. So, and these are not the good carbs too. This is not the fiber. This is like sodas and fruit juices and sugary drinks and pastries. Like, like America, we're not healthy, right? And, and breads that have no fiber in it. So we are hyperloading and we're constantly, even from like childhood, we're doing these sugar spikes, these blood glucose spikes and these insulin spikes and, and then these drops and these insulin spikes and these drops daily and multiple times a day. All right. So what happens is over time, we create something called insulin resistance because the body wasn't meant to have insulin in mass and in spikes like that over and over and over. It wears and tears on the body over time. And so what happens with insulin resistance, and this is mainly for muscle cells. Remember, because Dr. Bickman, he spoke about the opposite side of the coin where are there, there are some cells that never become insulin resistance. In fact, they are more sensitive than ever, right? But let's talk about insulin resistance and how that causes you to like put on weight and stuff. So insulin resistance, which leads to type two diabetes, let's use the example of we have that blood sugar going into the bloodstream and we need it out of the bloodstream because remember when it stays in the bloodstream, it causes a lot of inflammation and damage to other organs. So we need to unlock every cell, like the, the muscle cells, we need to unlock those cells with a key and shove the sugar from the bloodstream into the cell and close the door, right? So now we got it out of the bloodstream and into the cell, and now it's not wreaking havoc systemically. So insulin is that key to the door of the cells. So, so blood sugar goes, well, sugar goes into the bloodstream, and the body releases insulin, and it starts unlocking all these doors. And you need one key for one door, all right? One insulin key for one cell door. And so all these doors open, sugar goes in, and now we lock it and we close. But insulin resistance is when we have these sugar spikes over time, and now we use one key to unlock the door, and the cell says, nope, I'm tired of you. And so the body says, what? There's still sugar in the bloodstream. It's causing damage. Let me make more keys. Let me make more insulin keys. So now the body makes more insulin, and now we're shoving two keys into that door, and the cell is saying, nope, I've had enough of you. Like my area, my cell cannot handle more sugar. You're stuffing too much sugar in me. I don't want more sugar. And then the body says, wait, but there's still, there's still sugar in the bloodstream. We need it out the bloodstream. Cells, you have to take it. So now what do we do? We make more insulin. Now we're shoving three keys in that insulin door on the cell. And we're shoving and we're pushing and we're pushing. And finally, the cell says, fine. All right. And then it opens and then we're shoving blood sugar in, but we use tons of insulin to do that. All right. Now, remember the other cells that aren't insulin resistance, like sex hormones and sex cells and, you know, neural tissue and other like organ systems in the body that don't have insulin resistance. Now they are being hyperdrived with all of this insulin on their receptor sites. And it's causing them to grow faster, to produce more, to be in hyperdrive over and over. It's like that example Gina gave with Hello Lucy or I Love Lucy. Is that the show? I Love Lucy. Yes. Right, right. Yep. It's, it's that same example where now all the other areas that all the other cells that are not insulin resistant, they're now in hyperdrive over and over and over. And that's where we get the imbalances in the other parts of our bodies. Is there anything you want to add to that? 
No, I think that that was great. Okay. So you guys, hopefully, do you think we need to add anything else? Like, I feel like that was pretty good. The only thing I think we need to add is maybe we need some kind of infographic so people can see a picture of like, what is the sugar coming in? How does that? Yeah. But I I think overall, if we could maybe one day create an infographic, it'd be so much easier to see and understand. I know it's hard to hear about blood sugar and insulin and all these things, but I think that we broke it down the best that we could. So I will do some infographics on my stories. I'll like pair this podcast, this extra episode with uh, some infographics on my gutsy underscore mom Instagram post thing. Yep. <laughs> that, that and platform. I, I think also we, we <laughs> talked about in the membership doing deep training yes. on how exactly to get that blood sugar stable. So if this wasn't enough, if you're like, you got some strategies, but we just did a training, Janine and I just recently did a mm-hmm. training all about how short chain fatty acids can influence blood sugar. Yes. I mean, there's just and the sugar cravings and hormone dysregulation. And, and mm-hmm. I also like how specific nutrients, nutrients yes. alone, like people underestimate how chromium, zinc, all alpha lipoic acid, how nutrients can actually help your cells yes. bring sugar into the cell and metabolize it faster and more efficiently. Yep. So exactly. we got to heal the mitochondria. We have to do all of it together. Like There's it's all lot. one big thing, but it I is. think that this is a really good starting point to at least get a good hold on what is blood sugar, how is insulin involved, and then go back and listen to the recording with Dr. Ben Bigman where he can go further and deeper. Exactly. You guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our mini class and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.